1: We call them seasons of life, various chapters in our life. How do you navigate through them? Let's talk about it. navigating through the process. That's the title of our message today. Really, it's a look at those seasons of life that we go through. And there are various seasons, aren't there? Chapters, as it were. So how do you navigate through those chapters? How do you get from one chapter to the next of your life and do so to the glory of God? Well, that's what today's message is all about. As we take a look at Numbers chapter 11, won't you join us? From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. We would invite you to catch up with us in Numbers 11 on this edition of Times of Refreshing. Here's Pastor Napoleon.
2: Numbers chapter 11. The title of my message this morning is Navigating Through the Process. Life can be a a process and a series of processes. As you're going through life, And you're seeking to accomplish certain goals and God has certain things on your prophetic destiny and points on your prophetic destiny. We have to see that it is a process. It generally doesn't happen all at once. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. And we're navigating through pitfalls and stuff and mess and junk and things are going on. And God is taking us on our journey through life. We have to know how to navigate to deal with various things that are going to come our way as we're on our journey through life. And every one of us is on a journey. And when you look at the book of Numbers, chapter 11... And I've been studying this book in, in, in preparation of this book I've been telling you guys that I'm, I'm, I'm formulating and I'm, and I'm working on. I've been studying the book of Numbers because the book of Numbers is great in talking about leadership and talking about what it means to lead and talking about what, what, what men did as God inspired them to lead. The children of Israel were in Egyptian captivity. God liberates them with a mighty hand, brings great liberation to them we know the story about the Red Sea. We know about them crossing over on the dry land. We know them getting into the wilderness and going through this process uh, in the wilderness with God where they're learning to become utterly and completely dependent upon God. And all of us in our lives are going to go through these moments where God wants to teach us once again how to be utterly and completely dependent upon him. That he knows the way. He knows what to do. He knows what's ahead of you 10 years from now. He's a God who has ordained time, but yet stands outside of time. Giving us information and insight into his process and how we are to get to where we're supposed to go. He led them through the wilderness. He gave them manna. He provided for them manna. Every morning they had the opportunity to be sustained by his hand. He provided shade when they needed shade with the cloud. He provided the fire at night. The angels kept guard over the nation of Israel. Moses was an excellent leader who led them to this this place in the story. And it says here in verse 1 of Numbers chapter 11. It says here, now when the people complained, it displeased the Lord. For the Lord heard it, and his anger, his righteous indignation, it says, was aroused. So the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses. And when Moses prayed to the Lord, it says, the fire was quenched. So he called the name of the place Terabah because the fire of the lord had burned among them you know on this journey sometimes there's going to be times as we're going through this through this life where things may not be be necessarily what you would like but they are what you need we have to learn when it comes to walking with god there are going to be things that are Are things in your life that are personal preferences. They're personal preferences and the things that you may think that you need, but ultimately we have to defer, start deferring to God to find out what's necessary for this stage of my life or where I'm going or where I'm headed. Your personal desire and need should not be the only thing that you rely on to determine what is right. Or what is necessary at that moment. Because sometimes it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of. What does God say. Is right for you at this particular moment. And we have to be okay with that. Because he's God. And we're not. The problem is. Is that sometimes as we're on this journey. Just like the children of Israel. We get to a place where things aren't necessarily. The way that we want it. But. It's not that we're lacking in need or our need isn't getting met. It's just that our want isn't getting met. So God has sustained them, he's blessed them, he's keeping them them and now when, keeping them and when, now when the people complained it displeased the Lord for the Lord heard it and his anger was aroused so the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some in the outskirts of the camp. And I wrote this down. Complaining brings forth God's displeasure. We have to think about this in our lives. Saints, stop complaining about everything. God blesses us with a new job, the one that we prayed for and cried for and fell out for. And then we get it. And then one of our co-workers isn't acting right. Our boss is pushing us too hard. And the next thing you know, we start complaining. We start complaining. And, And here, and it's not just that. You know, our job is one thing. But relationships are another thing. And where you live at is another thing. and What your kids are doing is another thing. Some people, they have majors in complaining. That's all they do. They, they, they will find something negative towards everything. And we have to start reprogramming ourselves. And start getting that stuff out of our heart. And then when our relationship with God, we have to make sure that we stop complaining. Some people you get around them, they're just always whining about everything. Well, I don't like that. That I don't like this. You just got a new car. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm happy I got a new car, but I don't like it. Why? Because, you know, um, the seat isn't as soft as I thought it was going to be. And, and this and that. Does it ride? Good. Yeah. Do you get to your destination? Yeah. But, you know, my seat, does Does your rear end hurt when you get up? No, not necessarily. But I thought it was going to be a grade three and it with softness, but it's a grade two and, and we start finding every little thing. look at your neighbor and say, "Stop it! Stop we do we do it with God. The problem is when we do this with God is it causes god's displeasure to rise up, and it ultimately it causes God to develop a righteous indignation towards us if we're not watchful. Because this word here, when I look at this, to complain it means to find fault. When it comes to God, people find fault with everything that he's trying to do in their life. They're thinking about now. They're not thinking about the fact that God's not just thinking, just thinking about now. He's thinking he's 10 years ahead of you. Let him be 10 years ahead of you and orchestrate your steps and lead you. And what happens is we start complaining. We start murmuring. We start finding fault with God's direction in our lives. And we have to be watchful. I wrote this down. We also have to check our decisions and actions to find out If they are the source of any trouble that we're having in the moment. We have a bad tendency of blaming God for situations we put our own selves in. Can I have an amen? This is a problem. Because yeah, we're in this situation and God tried to tell us to go left. We went right. God's trying to get us out of this situation. And then we're complaining and say, God, why would you put put me in this situation? And God has said, I didn't put you in this situation. You put yourself, I told you to go left. I told you to go right. I told you not to do that. I told you to do this, but you did this. Now let me help you get out of it. So we can't just always blame God when we have trouble or we're in a wilderness moment. Sometimes it's us, but sometimes it is God has us. He has us navigating through this particular time in our lives. We cannot find fault with God. Ultimately, when we find fault with God, What we're doing is, is we're calling into question God's character and his intentions towards you. And that's a problem. That invokes the righteous indignation of God because you're calling into question. God's the one who gave you life. He sustained you. He saved you. He's kept you. He's done all these things, and then we stop. We will stop and complain and murmur against God. And God is justified in wiping us all out if he wanted to. None of us deserve anything. Look at the stuff that we have done. But God, he's justified. And and he's justified to get upset with us when, when we're complaining when he knows that, man, I got all this in store for you. I've paved all this way for you. I've, I'm, I'm getting ready to do something spectacular in your life. And you're just going through a transition time right now. I'm just ordering some things and, and I'm taking you through. You still have your needs met. But you just don't have the Bentley. And you're mad because you don't have the Bentley. And and you don't have this, and you don't have that, and you're mad at at God. We get mad at God when God is meeting our needs. He's just not supplying our greeds. (laughs) Can I have an amen, y'all? And we have to stop and say, God, wait, 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 hold on. I I need to check myself. I need to look myself in the mirror and say, God, please forgive me for complaining and murmuring in my tent. The quickest way for you and I to see God continue to pour his blessings down upon our lives is to develop a strong level of appreciation. Learn to appreciate God. Learn to appreciate what he's doing. Learn to sit back and say, God, I thank you for, I may not have everything that maybe I want, But I'm so grateful for what you've done in my life right now. Can we just give God a great big praise for what He's done in our lives? We complain too much. We call into question God's character and His his intention towards us. And the person who, most of the time, the person who is influencing us to do this is the devil he will sit back and whisper in your ear and try to and tell you see god doesn't he doesn't he's not doing it he'll do it for everybody else except you god doesn't love you you know god he just mean why won't he do it and he'll call in a question he'll call in a question god's character to you If God, the reason why God doesn't want you to partake of this tree is because he knows that you're going to be like him, knowing good and evil. Isn't that what he told Eve in the garden? He called into into question God's character. He made it seem like God was withholding something from Eve that she really needed. We all know the story. He will constantly, he is the accuser. That's his name. He's an accuser. He will accuse you before God. He will go off and say, God, look at, look at them. Look what, they, look what they're doing. They, look, they, they're messing up. He's the original snitch. Look. Look, they, they, they're doing this, God. You see? Get them. Because you're righteous and holy. Get them. But aren't you grateful for the blood of Jesus? That's when Jesus steps in and say, "Listen, they confess their sin, devil, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses them from all sin." Amen. And it's a, we great. We have a mediator. We have a high priest. But don't think that the devil's still not going before God all the time, accusing you. That's what. The Bible says, and that's, if you read Job's situation, that's what God said to jo- That's what the devil said to, about Job. On the flip side, not only does he accuse you before God, he accuses, he, he talks about God to you. God doesn't love you because he's an accuser. That's his name. He's going he's to slander. He's going to make accusation. And he's going to make it seem, he's going to try to make it seem like God is trying to withhold something good from you. Uh, from, from you. That's what he's going to do. And we have to have enough wisdom and not be ignorant of the enemy's schemes and devices to know this. Now listen to me, y'all. Write this down in your notes. Listen to me. God always he always has your best interest in mind always never assume that god does not have your best interest in mind if god is withholding from you something or if he's doing something in your life always don't think about just now where you're at think about the fact that man god always has my best interest in mind he does Man, you're going through it right now. Yeah, but I'm going to be all right. God has my best interest in mind. Man, you're going through a trial. I know. I know. Jesus went through a trial. People go through trials. Life happens. But God always has my best interest in mind. He's working all things together for my good. I just got to hang on. We're going to be fine. God always has my best. We have to see that because the devil will tell you exactly the opposite. So these people are here complaining, they're murmuring, and they're upset with God, and they're upset with their situation. And it says here in verse 2, then the people cried out to Moses, and when Moses prayed to the Lord, the fire was quenched. So he called the name of the place, Teborah. Because the fire of the Lord had burned among this. But look at verses 4 on down to 6. Now the mixed multitude who were among them yielded to intense cravings. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, Who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except, he says, this manna before our eyes. Now, when I when I study this, I read this, it just it just it really troubles me. But we're gonna get a little deeper in this. You guys wanna go a little deeper this morning? One of the things that happens here is we, we have to see, like I said earlier, that we are in the world, we are not of the world. It is clear that when we're looking at this, these verses, these last several verses, that there are two types of people that are there. The Bible says that there were a mixed multitude, and then there was Israel. There is a mixed multitude, and there is Israel. So we have to keep in mind that all of us, even though we're in this world, we're not of the world. And around us, and and I, and I, I want to make sure I'm clear with this, around us and around the church, in the church, there's going to be people that are a part of the group, but they're not all all the way a part of the group yet. Understand what I'm saying? They're together, and God wants them to be together. But the mixed multitude begins to develop cravings. They initially begin to develop cravings. And it's no different than some people who come and join churches or are part of churches. that They come to services. They want to know. They want to travel. They want to be a part of. But anytime you have mixture... There's going to be a problem. And you have to be careful. And so there's people that come to church and they're here and they, they like the songs. They love what's done. But they haven't fully got incorporated into what God is desiring yet. But they come and instead of them being influenced, they start to become influencers. And we, all of us, as saints of God, is my mom going out? I need this mic on. We good? And all of us, as saints of God, we have to be mindful of this. We're in the world. We're not of the world. We're going to be having people that are coming to to get to know us, be a part of us, want to be friends. People that may may not necessarily be all the way in the camp, but they're, they're in that discovery mode. And for them... God had no problem with them traveling with the mixed multitudes. They were not a part of the camp or Israel, per se, but they were a part of the camp. They weren't a part of Israel, per se, but they were a part of camp. He says they were the mixed multitude. These individuals were the first ones that started to have strong cravings. And sometimes in the church, it's the same way. People are here, but they still have strong cravings for things that they used to do still have strong cravings for the direction that they used to go they still have strong cravings for things that 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 used to appeal to them and and god is trying to bring them in and ultimately people sometimes begin to have strong cravings for things in their lives that are more familiar to them man i want to go to church but, man, I don't have any problem going to the club sometimes. Man, have you fully given your life to God? Well, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm going through this road. I'm, I'm in the process. You know, we, you, know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm liking this. I'm feeling this. But, but you know what? I'm just not, I'm feeling it, though. I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm feeling good. Let's go to church. But if you go to church, you know you're going to have to start letting some things go that you used to like. Are you willing to give those things up? Well, I don't know. The problem that we've had in the body of Christ in the church is we have people like that that are in that condition and state, which is fine because all of us have gone through this transition in life, but instead of us holding firm to the desires of the Lord and the cravings of the Lord and the things that the Lord is trying to instill within his, his camp, if you will. We start allowing the world to influence us instead of us in influencing the world. We start allowing those people's that kind of persons desires to start to influence the church. Why? Because I want to have a big mega church. I, 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 don't want, I don't want I don't want I don't want I don't want to have any kind of standard. I don't want to make it I don't want to make it too rough. But listen to the wording here, y'all. Now the mixed multitude, verse 4, who were among them, yielded to intense cravings. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? So the mixed multitude yielded, and when they yielded, what did the children of Israel do? They started to yield to it. Saints, be careful about who you're allowing to influence you.
1: A production of the Well Christian Community. This has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us, address your envelope to the Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address is